By the third day, my hands were bleeding. I was just not used to the stamina of playing a four-hour show, and then I did it three nights in a row. Probably the most fun time in my life was that first week. I play music because it's fun, but I want to use it to inspire people or help people and continue to help my sponsors. If you want to work, you need to be able to play any style, especially as a drummer or a bass player. Welcome back to the Vision Quest Sound Podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and on this show, we love to talk to creators and influencers who are making positive waves in our community. In this episode, our special guest, she's a Colorado-based drummer, philanthropist, and touring manager of the band called Fireline, and one of our top contributing creators here at Vision Quest Sound. Please welcome Valerie Caricato. Valerie, thanks so much for taking your time today to join us on our show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So take us back to little, little Valerie when you first fell in love with music. Take us back to that time. Yeah, so I guess I kind of always sang and played music um, from a young age. My mom said I was singing and humming when I was like seven months old. But by the time I was about 10, I wanted to start playing some instruments, and I tried a couple things. My mom was a jazz trumpet player, so I thought, I'll try that. But I wasn't very good at it, and it was frustrating. So my mom, she was kind of the the main influence there. She said, why don't you try percussion or drums? And a lot of people gave her flack for that. They were like, what kind of parent wants to buy their kid a drum set? So her and my dad, they cleaned out a room in the basement for me, uh, put a bunch of padding that you would use for your bed, like egg crate padding all over the room and got me uh, my first little pearl forum kit and it's kind of been history ever since so glad that mom we got to give a shout out to mom thank you mom oh yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah you know um i can relate to that um, because drums percussion was my first instrument however it did not last long (laughs) no (laughs) thank god that it did for you and you followed your heart and your dreams When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So after you got started in percussion and learning the drums, you got your first kit, what was your next move? Because I know you started at an early age, you started performing, and then it was a connection with your dad. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so he always liked blues and rock music. Um, So I started playing in school band is how it started, and I I think I played mallets and snare drum for about a day. And then my my teacher, his name was Mr. Gaddings, he said that you're going to get bored quick. And he actually brought in his personal drum set for me. And it was a it was a vintage Ludwig. And of course, a lot of people were like, why are you bringing in a vintage Ludwig kit for a 10 year old to, to learn drums on? And he just kind of believed in me. Um, so about a couple months after that, he suggested I go to this blues jam that was for kids and actually it was for anybody that was just kind of a beginner at music but it was at a library session um local library and they had 
pro musicians uh, from all over the region. They would come in and they would kind of just let you get up on stage and just play. Um, and so I was really fortunate to have that opportunity because that's not real common, uh, especially in Colorado. There's not a lot of music scene anyways, especially for children and for kids. Um, but there is a couple people there and I got to give a shout out to Art Noble. He was my first drum teacher and yeah, I still talk to him all the time and get a lot of tips from him. But he is the one that said that I should try to go out to some professional jams. So by the time I was 11, I was kind of hitting the jam scene pretty hard in town uh, around Colorado Springs, Denver area. And then I think by the time I was, maybe it was 12 or 13, I actually got asked to be a sub in a band. And that's a funny story if you want to hear it. <laughs> so I was playing the jam session and these real tall guys came up to my dad and they said, hey, we need to see you outside. You know, it's kind of weird. And, and yeah, and you're kind of going, what's going on? And I'm, I'm what, 12, 13 years old. I'm like, oh, no, what's happening to my dad? And I was just trying to play drums. And uh, so he goes outside. He's like, if I don't come back in five minutes, come, come get me. So five minutes passes. Don't see him. Go outside. He's laughing with these guys. And he's like, well, go ahead and ask her. Ask me what? And they were like, well, our drummer got... Uh, sick and we need someone to sub and it, I think it was a Wednesday night and they're like we need someone to sub Thursday Friday Saturday we're doing a mini tour and we saw you play and we want to hire you and I was like okay I guess you know I'm 13 years old I'm like this is a dream come true and I couldn't even believe it yeah. and so it was, it was a local band called One Ton Trio and they're actually from Indiana they moved out to Colorado and they wrote all bunch of original music so I ended up, that was my first paid gig, and uh, by the, the third day, my hands were bleeding. Like, it was horrible. Oh. I was just not used to the stamina of playing sure. a four-hour show, and then I did it three nights in a row. It was fun, though. Like, probably the most fun time in my life was that first week. <laughs> wow. I was watching you on YouTube where you were a speaker, the featured speaker, telling your story to the audience, and I heard a glimpse of this story. So thank you again for sharing it with us here on Vision Quest Sound. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a fun story. <laughs> Valerie, your drum style, how would you describe your style or your sound? I know every, you know every musician has a little unique flavor that they bring to this world. How would you describe it? Well, my influence is obviously in a lot of jazz background and blues. That's kind of where I started. I had some influences later on. I, I talked about Art Noble already. Um, he kind of taught me technical drumming, and he had a lot of jazz and rock background. Um, he played in Nashville and did a lot of different session type stuff, so I got a lot of that technical stuff from him. And then I had another drum teacher. His name's Dewey Steele, and he... Um, from Colorado but he actually lived out in LA um, toured a lot back in the day and I think he even played with Bob Dylan and a couple other people and he was really big into the fusion scene and a lot of stuff like Vinnie Caliuta, um, Steve Smith and some of those guys that were mm -hmm. that were jazz drummers by trade but then went and played like rock um, and so he's kind of got that and a lot of double pedal and he plays all kinds of stuff so Probably when I was starting to really get into different styles, um, started with the jazz and blues, and then I, I kind of went that direction. I wanted to play rock and other styles and be more versatile. And one thing that always stuck with me, too, was I was told as a 
from that jam session as a kid mm-hmm. it's like if you want to work you need to be able to play any style especially as a drummer or a bass player like you know obviously if you're playing guitar you're gonna have that specific style or if you're a lead singer but if you're playing drums and you want to work if you could play any style like no matter if you like it if you don't like it if you're able to do it and do it well you'll always have job and that's been pretty true so i think you know i have a lot of flavor in the jazz and i, I do play traditional grip um which is pretty uncommon these days but i tend to always like whatever band i'm playing for whoever mm-hmm. i'm trying to learn i'll try to get into that style and actually wear that hat i had a question about your traditional grip did you always start traditional grip yeah so i played match grip for several years probably about six years um and then i got to a point i was playing i believe with a blues band but i was still going to school i was in high school so i would play all day in every band possible jazz band symphonic and then i did all the honor band stuff and then i'd go on the weekends and play with my blues band and gig all weekend and then i'd host a jam on sunday so i was pretty much playing seven days a week for several hours a day and ended up giving myself an injury at a younger age just from playing so much. So I started to get a little bit of carpal tunnel and it was actually art. I went to him, I said, look, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to play these gigs. I'm in so much pain. And of course, try going to a doctor and they're just going to tell you to take some medicine. And I'm like, that's not going to fix the problem. The problem is repetitive motion injury. So I ended up switching to traditional grip um, and I had to learn it pretty quickly. And at first it was a little difficult because I was so used to playing matched for several mm-hmm. years. But I picked it up pretty quickly and it felt so good. It's like much smoother for me to play yeah. that way. I just stuck with it and I've never really gone back. Uh, Valerie, talk to us about some of the sponsorships that you're involved with now. Yeah, so I'm pretty fortunate. Um, I'm playing Seven Drums, and they're a pretty nice company out of San Antonio, Texas. They do custom stuff. Um, So they actually saw me playing a couple years back and gave me a call and sent me an endorsement. And now if you look and see some of my pictures and videos, you see me playing that purple kit with the 20-inch kick and a bunch of half-sized toms. They actually built that for me um, as kind of a prototype, and they're going to start selling them as a signature series called Caracato Club Kit, which is pretty cool that they're naming a whole series of kits after me. I feel very honored for that. Um, So I also play Sledge Pad, which is a really cool, it's like a foam insert for your kick drum. Um, but it's way better than the average like pillow or any insert you can get. And it, they customize it to each kit. So it Velcros in and it never moves. And you could even put like a the microphone in there, which is nice. I have obviously Sabian Symbols. That's a big one. And that endorsement, it's, uh, it's an artist deal um, and also educational deal because I teach drum lessons. So I've been with Sabian now for about two two and a half years and I've always played Sabian prior to that anyways but just a really good product good company and I've I've never had any issues with I've never cracked a cymbal I've never had anything happen to them so I feel like I still have my first pair of hi-hats from 17 years ago and there's really not 
they're not beat up too badly. <laughs> so I think it's a good product. Um, and then I have a couple other sponsorships, uh, Sweet Spots, which is, they're like kind of like drum tots. They're basically just for when you're recording, they kind of dampen the sound. But they're a really good product. And Scott Watts, he uh, he's the one that actually designs them. He designed some sparkly ones for me. <laughs> so I got the purple and the sparkle. And uh, I just, I love that people have reached out to me and, you know, thought of me um, when they were building their product. That's just, that's really kind of, it means a lot. So I have to shout out to my companies for doing that. Um, and then the, the latest one is actually pretty interesting. It's called Kinesio Tape. And it's nothing really to do with drumming. It's athletic tape. Oh, cool. So it could be used for athletes, but they want to build their rapport with musicians, which I think is a great idea because if you know any musician, if you've talked to anybody that plays any kind of music for a long period of time, they have injuries and or they have back pain or whatever it may be. So um, Kinesio just recently sponsored me uh, to kind of tape my wrists and um, when I get shoulder pain and stuff like that. And it's an awesome product. Like, they have all different colors. Um, but not just that. It's like it actually works. As soon as you put it on, if you have like a sore muscle or something, as soon as you put it on, you like have instant relief. And it's great when you're playing. Tape yourself up. You can play and play for hours. So really thankful to have these endorsements and sponsorships. Wow. We are too. So congratulations on all of those sponsorships, endorsements. I know it's not easy, but you know, you have to work hard for it. And thank you for doing what you do, being a great role model for the community too. I also wanted to congratulate you, you know, for our audience listening on the playback here. Valerie is also a contributing author and creator with Vision Quest Sound. She's contributed and written several articles, How to Improve Your Band Touring Experience, Five Tips to Maintain Perseverance, How Artists Can Help the Community, and it looks like the most recent one, Facing Uncertainty Today. Thank you for that, Valerie. Yeah, it's been great working with Vision Quest. So speaking of facing uncertainty today during our world pandemic here, what has changed for you and what have you learned? Well, I mean, the, the big obvious factor, uh, we went from playing, you know, pretty much every weekend and being on the road and touring to basically nothing right now we can't we can't go out and play you know it's not all so bad we've been able to virtually record i've been able to kind of get into some of the techie stuff which i haven't had time to learn uh, because i'm always traveling and playing drums so i've kind of enjoyed like setting up you know virtual online uh guitar sessions and stuff with my band and we've been able to facetime in and still practice and we've been learning new songs and writing new music and actually uh gonna write a new album so i think you know there's always that perspective um you can make the best of any situation of course it's not ideal for anybody um it's different but I'm excited. I think that this will actually change the way, you know, we can rehearse, we can record, and maybe even more virtual concerts in the future. I, I've actually enjoyed that, like, watching other people that I know, too. I just log in or get on Facebook Live, and, you know, people are actually playing more now, I think, than they were before, or at least they're broadcasting it, so it's really, <laughs> it's actually kind of cool. Cool. 
Can you walk us through some of your technology that you use? I know that we're recording on this podcast right now, and we're doing this remotely for our audience listening. I'm at my location, actually my home, and I think Valerie, you're at home too. Yes, right? yep, Colorado. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so walk us through your setup. What technology are you using? What What's your DAW, and what do you have during this live streaming quarantine? It's been interesting. I just got Logic like this last week, so I'm trying to learn it, mm-hmm. um, and I'm feeling like doing okay with it, but sure I have a lot to learn. Um, I just have a little like SM57 hooked up and in, into my Mac going into my MacBook Pro into Logic and okay. I have my headphones on right now instead of my ears so I can talk to Philip and then I've got some earplugs with the giant ones that I drum with um, when no one can see me. <laughs> so I got like uh, what I would call the, the NASCAR earplugs. They're big red uh, earplugs over the top so it's kind of funny um funny setup but it, it's working and i can hear really well and hopefully this recording turns out so everyone listening can hear it decently yeah, well thank you for walking us through your setup yeah and we'll see i i have a backup too we have the ipad uh with the regular voice recorder going too just in case <laughs> I love your approach, Valerie, and something that that I see in you, or you know, in, in drummers in general, drummers are always multitasking. I mean, more than the normal. You're playing, I don't know, sometimes six, sometimes ten instruments at one time. I've always seen like drummers. I can relate to it. Like if you're surfing, like in the ocean, and juggling at the same time. That's how I f- I think of drummers. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard. I don't know. <laughs> You're definitely splitting your brain sometimes four to five different ways at one time, um, usually when you're playing. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of like that. (laughs) Valerie, I wanted to ask you, as artists, you know, there's a certain journey that we go through, and it's not easy. So I wanted to ask you what challenges you face, particularly as a musician, where you are in Colorado Springs. Um, So specifically as a musician, I mean, I faced a lot of different challenges, especially when I was younger. Um, A lot of stigmas, especially around, like, female drumming. And there's not a lot of us, but we're out here. So that was kind of a struggle when I was younger, but now not so much. Now it kind of, I really enjoy, um, I really think people have opened up their minds a lot in the last 10 years. um, And just being more diverse in general, not just specific to musicians. But specifically in this area, it's... You know, obviously, the probably the same thing everywhere. Venues, um, I struggle because I do all the booking for my band, Fireline. And sometimes it's difficult to do your own booking. And I'm sure this is kind of a common theme. You want to pitch a price that makes sense. You also don't want to undercut yourself um, too much. And it's trying to find a balance point. And I think sometimes you either you over or undervalue yourself as a musician or as musicians if you're like managing your own band it's really hard um because you want the gig so bad that sometimes you'll undervalue yourself um and you know on the flip side sometimes you overvalue yourself i mean that doesn't happen very often but you know to a specific venue and they're kind of like put off by it and i think There's plenty of places to play, obviously, when things open back up, but it's just, it's very competitive. There's so many great musicians out there, and they're everywhere, and they're constantly, you have to constantly be working. You can't really rest. You have to always be on top of your game, because the second you decide to take a day off, somebody else is already filling your shoes for you, and it's, 
it's not bad. I don't think it's a bad thing to have that kind of competition. I just wish there was more there was more of a standard like there is in other businesses for people. I think that would really help because there isn't really a standard. It's kind of just a lot of who you know, who you talk to, who are your friends, who can get you in where. Um, and it's a, it's building networks. And so that's, that's a struggle, like facing any kind of challenges. If you're an introverted person, which luckily I'm not, so I'm pretty good at talking, but a lot of musicians that I know around here are introverted. They just want to get on stage and play music. They don't want to do the business part of it. Um, and I think that's really the biggest challenge is trying to put that line in there. Like, where do I, where do I have my creative moments and where do I have my business mindset? Because they're two opposites and you kind of have to work together to figure out where's that fine line of balance. And when you find that balance, I think you have a really good thing. Um, and it's taken me, what, 17 years to kind of get, kind of, get where I want to be. Um, I feel, I feel sure. successful in a lot of ways, but I think it's more about like enjoying the journey now because when I was younger, it was like, I had this, I have to go out and play. I have, you know, this, this dire need to, if I don't make it to this level by this time in my life, then, you know, I'm no good kind of thing. But that's not true at all. Like, you have to be happy with where you're at and kind of embrace the journey that you're on and just know, like, wherever you're at is where exactly where you should be. And, you know, for whatever reason, like, you're there for that reason at that time. And I've kind of learned that over the years. I've gotten the wisdom, you know, that people told me, like, musicians, older musicians told me this all the time. It's not about making it. It's about enjoying it. And I just didn't understand that when I was younger. But I think I've gotten to that point now. So, yeah, there's always a struggle in any kind of creative business venture. But I think if you can just try to keep a positive attitude and enjoy enjoy creating what, and enjoy what you're doing, then it's easier. Amen. Uh, Valerie, you just answered like three or four of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Valerie, you're the drummer, touring manager of a fantastic band called Fireline. Um, you do country, blues, and some classic rock. So how did everyone meet and come together? Yeah, so my band is Fireline. Um, a little bit of backstory there is in 2012, there was a big fire that came through Colorado Springs, and it, uh, I want to say it damaged like close to 400 homes. Um, people lost a lot, and at the time, my bass player, Wayne Humphrey, uh, he also does a lot of our lead vocals, um, he was actually what's called a Flying W Wrangler, and they're a pretty famous um, national act that was based out of here, but their entire ranch burned down where they did their little shows every night. So he lost his $10,000 base, um, they lost their studio, they lost everything, and at that point, it was kind of like, well, where do we go from here? So him and I met up a couple years afterwards, and we decided to form Fireline, and that's why we titled it Fireline, was we wanted to start a band that was, again, from the wisdom, not we're not trying to go out and make it, we're trying to go out and play music to, for our community and to help others, um, you know, bring joy back to their lives a little bit. So we hired Ron Sandvik, and he's been with us from the very beginning. He plays guitar and sings. Uh, some We all sing lead vocals um, on different tunes, but uh, he's he's been with us from the beginning. And funny story about Ron, well, it's not real funny, but we hired him, 
And about a, two weeks later, he breaks his leg really bad. Oh. Like, we just had a gig lined up. We just started getting gigs. He breaks his leg so bad that he had to be in a wheelchair for our first couple shows. And then the whole year, he was like... He was on uh, walker crutches, and he was doing the Dave Grohl thing. He was sitting there with his leg up in a cast playing. And then two years ago, we ended up hiring our fourth person. His name's Jim Robertson, and he's our utility player. And he's played music for, like, I want to say 40. He's probably going to laugh at me. I think 40-some <laughs> years at this point. <laughs> he's a really great musician. He plays everything you can think of. He plays trombone. Um, he plays some lead, sings. He does steel guitar for us, wow. mandolin, banjo, uh, pretty much anything we need on whatever song. And so what we try to do with our music is we've done a lot of benefit shows for our community. Um, we had an officer get uh, shot and injured, and so we did a benefit for him and his family. That was pretty cool. Um, we've done a lot of different things for military first responders, um, and we actually got a partnership last year, which... I worked on that was really kind of a big step for us with Mount Carmel Veteran Services and they do a lot for like the veteran military veterans and their families around our community and so I got a partnership with them so we play a couple shows a year for them for their events and we donate some of our CD sales to them and they made us a giant banner which is pretty cool um and then they sponsor us at different events as well they'll put Fireline up and always use us so it's been pretty cool to see that partnership play out, and we've gotten a lot of big corporate gigs out of it, too, which has been just fantastic. Wow. I love this. Valerie, where can we go to learn more about what you do, your band, on social media? Yeah, so ValerieCaracatoDrums.com is my website, um, and FirelineMG.com is specific to Fireline. Um, and then if you go to social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's Valerie Caracato 7 on Instagram. So you can just check all of that out. Um, you can see we have our CDs up and everything as well on the website. Wonderful. And Valerie, let's just talk about the future of your music, of your career. What would be your one-year vision? A year out. Well, you know, this whole virus thing has really kind of made things foggy. But I think, you know, things will pick back up and... The next year, I just would like to be able to get back to where we were, playing a couple times a week, um, traveling regionally again, um, and maybe nationally again, because we did that for a while. It was really fun. Uh, but I guess we're working on this second album, and it's called Things I Shouldn't Do. <laughs> and so it's going to be kind of a collaboration. We all have three songs on it, and I really want to get that out there and um, published and just see what people think of it and show people what you can do from, you know, from the ashes. I mean, that's what Fireline is built on. And that's kind of what my whole morals are, too. Like, I play music because it's fun, but what can I do with it? I want to use it to inspire people or help people and continue to help my sponsors and they help me. And I also want to continue to write for Vision Quest and just come up with some different articles. And you know, if I can, if I can just inspire somebody at this point, that's kind of my one-year goal, I guess. I just want people to know they're not alone and they can do whatever they want to do at any level. 
So it's just a matter of how hard do you want to work and, you know, how much effort do you want to put into something. Thank you so much for your wonderful leadership.、Uh, one more time again, can you let our audience know where we can go to follow you, your social media? Yeah, ValerieCaracatoDrums.com. And then you can look me up at Facebook. It's Valerie Caracato. And then、uh, Instagram, ValerieCaracato7. Thank you so much for being on our show today, Valerie. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hi, this is Philip from Vision Quest Sound. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our podcast by donating any amount that's in your heart. It'll help us sustain future episodes as well as support the artists and creators that are on this show. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Philip from Vision Quest Sound, signing off. <laughs>